Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Welcome, everybody, to Keeping Your Blank Together in a Stressed World. I'm Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with Michelle Post. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Scott. Hi, everybody. Uh, Michelle and I, as you uh, may know, are on completely different ends of the continental United States at the moment. And so uh, uh, we've been chatting a, a few minutes beforehand, getting together what we want to talk to you about. Um, Michelle, nice to see you. And I know that uh, you're actually getting ready to travel back here. Yes, which reminds me of our travel safely episode. I think it was episode number three in our series, was it, with Jim? I will be re-listening to that and properly protecting myself while traveling from Florida to California. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the reason I bring that up is because that actually ties in a lot with uh, two things that I wanted to chat with you about right. uh, at, at the beginning here, if you don't mind. I'd love it. And that is two of my coaching clients that, I, that I've worked with. It's very interesting. We've been dealing a lot this last week with metaphors. And, and you and I've never chatted about the use of metaphors and how powerful they can be mm -hmm. uh, in the context of relationships, among other things. Mm. And so I wanted to bring that up because in the entertainment industry, uh, those of you who are listening who are in the entertainment industry or might have heard about it, the way you actually pitch a story, uh, the, depending, of course, on the producer, but the way you pitch a story is to say it's when Harry met Sally meets the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I want to see that movie. <laughs> um, exactly. And, and the, reason, the reason I say that is it's so easy to take a story that you already know, the Wizard of Oz, uh -huh. meets the other story. You know, the, 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 when Harry met Sally meets Butch Cassidy and the Sundance, Sundance Kid. Um, <laughs> you know, the Wizard of Oz meets... Um, coconuts, the, the, the Marx Brothers, whatever, it doesn't matter. You instantly, if you happen to know those movies, you instantly have a vibration with them and, uh. it, cre and it creates the story. And one of the, one of the reasons is you, in Hollywood at least, you don't want things too, too derivative of somebody else's story because then you lose the uniqueness and now you're accused of copying. You also don't want it so unique that you alienate everybody. Um, and so that's why it, when stories get pitched a lot of times, at least when I've been in pitch fests, it's always been so-and-so meets so-and-so. Now, the interesting thing that I'm bringing up to you is here's a good little exercise for you because, I've, again, I've been working with a couple folks on this very thing. What's your relationship like? If, if your relationship was, was a movie, how would you pitch that to me? How would you pitch your life to me? You know, I, and, I, and I wish I had a good one to share with you because I, I don't. Uh, I was thinking of my own life and 
Um, I got to tell you, we've been watching, I don't know if any of you have ever watched the the Kaminsky Method uh, on Netflix. Uh -uh. No. It it was, we happened to tune into it. I'm completely hooked on this show. Uh, It's Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. And the two of them actually remind me of my grandparents that, you know, it's that whole attitude attitude thing, but it takes place uh, in Los Angeles with an acting coach. That's the uh, Michael Douglas character. And it's absolutely hilarious. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm half tempted to tell you that right now, part of my life is the Kaminsky method because I'm so hooked on this meets Outlander. Now, how's that for a story, right? That's great. Um, you know, my so, life used so, to be a little Grace and Frankie, if you know that show, because uh, my best friend, uh, Christina, and I uh, are very much like Grace and Frankie. <laughs> In a lot well, of ways. Well, so you've got Grace and Frankie. And my other one. Which would be? Uh, my other one might be... Oh, I'm, uh, t- is it uh, Take a Chance on It? It's a story about two friends that eventually be- get together. Like they finally break out of the friend zone after years of knowing each other. So that would be like the real romantic version. But I can't remember the name of it. It's see, uh, Josh was... something. I'll see, find it. When you said that, the romantic part of me, now, now I'm, I'm going to recant. <laughs> And I got to tell you, one of my favorite all-time romantic movies, you're going to, you'll all laugh at this. If you guys have not seen this, uh, it's called Dangerous Beauty. Oh, I've uh, heard of that. And, and, and it's actually based on, a, on the memoirs of uh, a Venetian, and I mean Venice, Italy, uh-huh. not, not Venice, California, uh, <laughs> a, a Venetian uh, courtesan, prostitute. And back then, they uh, were the most educated uh, people because they had to learn in, to run in circles and be able to talk with people. And they spoke languages and they were groomed, etc. cetera. Um, absolutely beautifully filmed. And uh, I invite any of you uh, to, to see Dangerous Beauty. So I'm going to change, my, I'm gonna change my, my metaphor and tell you it's Dangerous Beauty meets Outlander. Ah, oh, mine is the long shot. Oh, so I haven't seen either <laughs> one of these. Charlie's Theron and, oh, Josh something. I'll, I'll figure that part out. Wow. Now, Daryl, I happen to see you. You've got dinner with Andre. Uh, ah. meets, meets the notebook. Someday, Ooh. you and I, someday, <laughs> I've mentioned the notebook before. Uh, I, I just, it is so... <laughs> I cry, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, and and it, that's James Garner, and I can't remember the actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, oh, it, it, I, I probably, if I watched it now, I'm in a different place. I just remember it being so depressing when I saw it. And for those of you who don't know it, I don't want to ruin the ending, but um, the, the two, the, the elderly couple show their affection for each other in, in marvelous ways mm. and I so associated with James Garner mm. uh, and and by the way one of my fears maybe we'll work on this in the show at some point Michelle mm. one of my fears is is Alzheimer's and or oh, dementia yes. and yeah. I, and it's because I've never been through it I've had friends who I've got a very dear friend his wife uh, has just had to go into uh, a home for memory care etc and you know they're only 10 years older than me and 
that whole loss of cognition, that whole loss of memory, um, the things that you see on TV or the movies. And, and I think one of the things, Michelle, you and I have chatted about, uh, where you've said, speaking of relationships, that men learn to treat women the way they do through porn, and women learn to treat men the way they do through romance. Romantic comedies. Novels. Oh, um, yes. It's a dangerous duo. Yeah. And so all I've ever seen are these, these media, these entertainment depictions of dementia and Alzheimer's. And it, it, it's one of those scary things to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's why the notebook, Daryl, when you said that, it's like, oh, God, it hit me right where all of my, my triggers got hit. Um, so one of the things, that, again, that I invite you guys to do is that what are the metaphors in your life? And, and that's important because you're going to start seeing a lot of self-talk that's coming out of that. When you start thinking, what is it that I'm bringing to a relationship? Um, and, you know, so what is it for me that Dangerous Beauty brings to the relationship? What does that mean to me? Um, what does Outlander mean to me? And if you guys have never seen um, the, the TV series, I think there are three or four seasons now, uh, there, is all, there are also the books, which uh, my wife has read, but I have not. I've only seen the, the TV depiction. Now, the, these are people, this is at least one part of the couple who travels through time. Uh, don't ruin it for me. I haven't seen all of it yet. I don't know what Jamie does yet. Uh, but that kind of chivalry, uh, that whole era speaks tremendously to me, uh, which is why I'll at least let tip, uh, for those of you who've seen the TV show, uh, the two main leads in the show uh, are about to come out with Men in Kilts. Uh, Netflix is now... Uh, ordered it up and it's the, the the two stars the head of the clan and jamie are going to be traveling through scotland uh it's a travel show it's going to be it's going to be great i just tell you it's going to be great uh, <laughs> and it, so the first thing I, I wanted to chat about was was metaphors the other thing was an interesting article that appeared today at, at least i saw it today in the washington post i actually saw this uh, two days ago uh, overseas, and I think it was the BBC that reported it. Because of the pandemic and because of the way we're handling things, a lot of governments are now, for single folks, suggesting that you get a cuddle buddy. Some of them are referring to them as sex buddies. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was curious, Michelle, you know, is I'm- Is that happening? I'm, it is I'm, happening! <laughs> uh, uh -huh. I, I, I'm married, but but- you know, one of the things that we can start leading into for our discussion mm -hmm. is for those people listening who don't, who aren't cohabitating, who aren't living with a mm -hmm. significant other, are there any down and dirty quick tips? You know, it, it's, it, I, I certainly, Relationship I'm not, wise? yeah, I'm not suggesting friends with benefits. I'm not suggesting anything as, as blatant mm -hmm. as that. They're mm -hmm. talking about someone to help you emotionally yeah, sure. through this. It's cut, it's cuddling. <laughs> Yeah, so a couple of my clients have found friends or family members that they call it quarantining, okay. meaning they, um, they kind of all have the same practices in terms of minimizing risk, 
and be it friends or cousins or neighbors. It's not necessarily about sexual connection, but it's just about being with another human, playing games, um, uh, feeling like you can get together and not be completely physically deprived from anyone else's company. Um, and then, of course, I do have some single clients who are uh, quarantining in a, in a different kind of a way. But again, there's discussion about, um, there's a lot of openness about what, what people, leveling about what people want to get from that. Where are we? Is this, is this a, a buddy for this time frame? Are we open to exploring more? Is this a friends with benefits thing? So I believe we will have a couple of sessions coming up, a couple of uh, podcasts coming up around um, sexual health and uh, mm -hmm. relationships that that need to things in a relationship that need to be addressed on that in that arena yeah but so let's so, so let's actually since you said that let's yeah. give a preview so today uh -huh. we're going we're going to chat about concrete um it, it, it's very funny because michelle and i obviously uh -huh. work through the show program and I'm a, I'm a rules guy for lack of a better way to put it. I, I like structure. I like <laughs> ritual. I like ceremony. I like to know what's coming up. Um, I remember for those you of you who, who I, I, yeah, I mean, you don't exist if you're not on my calendar. It's really <laughs> quite simple. And it's, and, and it's, I've always kind of worked that way. And so one of the things Michelle and I were chatting about in putting the show together was why don't we do part of our relationship series on the rules, the structure, the foundation that some of us need. Now, the week after that, we're going to, to move more into Michelle, I think your world, mm -hmm. and that is a more spontaneity. liberal spontaneity. Um, if you put rules around me, then we're in a box kind of thing. And I know a lot of folks like that. And then the next two sessions after that, so we got you for four. The next two sessions after that, we're going to talk about sex. We're going to uh, explore all all these things that Michelle has more expertise in counseling and therapy with. And so uh, for those at least, I really do invite any of you listening and watching today to write us privately. Uh, and that way we can keep some anonymity. Yeah, and if you do have, uh, yeah. because it, you know, we want to be very respectful of everything. On KROQ for you LA people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so let's, let's move this into today's topic. And uh, yeah. I, I, I am going to ask Michelle a lot of questions because at least with my coaching and consulting, you know, I'm talking about success and happiness and motivation. Mm -hmm. uh, I really don't get into discussions of intimacy and relationships. That's not my forte uh, because I'm not a, a, an LMFT. I'm not a psychiatrist mm -hmm. or psychologist. I, I have my personal uh, experiences, but I don't have the training you have. So, Michelle, mm -hmm. um, how important is it in a couple's whether they're, you know, whether they've contractually gotten together in a marriage, uh, whether they are living together because they're soulmates and to hell with it, we don't need uh, a, a formal wedding, or they're cohabitating right now. How important is structure? to a relationship? I know it's a loaded question, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but let's, let's talk about structure and relationship yeah, yeah. to begin with. What do you see? So I think all things in moderation are healthy. 
and too much of anything is unhealthy. If you eat too many carrots, you are going to turn orange. I saw it happen with a, a health nut friend of mine. Yeah. She literally started turning orange <laughs> from the beta carotene. So too much structure, I think, can be challenging, especially most, most couples tend to kind of attract a balance. Um, you might even find this if you have a, a work partner or a work spouse, if that makes sense. Like you tend to be attracted to somebody that has different qualities than you do because they bring balance, right? So somebody who tends to like a lot of spontaneity may benefit from someone who helps plan ahead, right? And somebody who plans a lot may really balance from having spontaneity. But I would say there's some basic foundations. Just like if you were running a business with a partner, right? Because marriage or if you're cohabitating, those have financial implications to them. You're sharing bills, you're sharing duties of the home. You need to keep the home from falling apart, right? So call it a roommate or somebody you're living with or a family, there's some need to come together. So just like you have a business meeting at work, you wanna have a business meeting, maybe weekly, if you've got a lot of things to take care of that are unresolved or need, need establishing, uh, or just, you know, uh, what's our week going to look like? Who's going to take care of taking the dog to the vet? Um, you know, these, whatever that stuff looks like. So at least a weekly or at least a monthly, I would say monthly business meeting where you're sitting down and you're talking about the business of the relationship. How's it going? What's working well? What, we, what do we need to adapt? And then there's the connection piece. So at least once a week, are you going on some kind of spontaneous date night, date lunch, date breakfast, you know, where you're, you're, you're actually scheduling, you're, you're scheduling spontaneity. Yeah. So you can, you can change it. It doesn't have to be the same night every week, but some couples that are really busy, they benefit from knowing that every Saturday night is the night that's reserved for the couple. And if you want to do something on your own with your friends, or there's a special event going on on a Saturday night, that's okay, but we at least need to talk about it because that's, and then kind of move our time around because a couple that's just constantly working in parallel, if you read the book, Why Marriages Succeed or Fail by John Gottman, who's my personal love in, in the field because he actually has a lab where he sticks couples in an apartment and he hooks them up to biofeedback oh. machines. Amazing. And that book is full of tips for making a relationship work or saving a relationship. And he would say that this is an important part of the structure, right? Is have that time where you're connecting, you're building what's called a love map where, you know, you didn't need to do this intentionally when you first started dating that person, because when you really were a little love struck, you couldn't get enough time with each other, right? But as the relationship kind of grows along and settles, you can easily discard the relationship and just say we're both operating in a parallel world. You do your thing, I do my thing. So there's that. Um, and that comes also, get an understanding of how many nights a week does it feel like you're connected? So if we had dinner two out of seven nights, would that feel like a good relationship to you? Some people would say yes, some people would say no. So are you balanced? What's I had one couple 
for, for one person, it was three nights a week feels like a good amount of time with just the two of us. And the other person said, well, I really need four. I think it should be at least 50% or more. So that's four nights a week. So we basically did three, <laughs> three nights a week together one week. The next week was four nights a week and three nights the next week and four nights the next. So they had what they both wanted as their ideal. It's okay, let, let, let me interrupt you here. Interrupt Let me interrupt you here be, because one yeah. of the first things that pops into my head is, uh-huh. and I'm using my, my situation, I'm sure a lot of us are there. Uh-huh. We're not going anywhere. So oh, Carolyn yeah. and I, Carolyn and I have, <laughs> Carolyn, it's a COVID thing. And that, you know, <laughs> so right now, it's not that we're not having dinner together any night of the week. We're, we're, having, yeah. we're having everything together. Everything. Everything together. You um, and, might need time apart. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fine. Uh, and, Maybe not. And, it all depends on the couple. <laughs> so so let let's take a, a let's take a step back then, and I'm a guy that needs structure. I'm a guy that loves structure. Uh, if you've ever seen the Netflix show, I see I watch a lot of Netflix now. Uh, the the show Atypical. Oh and yes. It, it, it's about a a young man. Yes. Uh, now in college, who is on the autism scale? Yes, and great show. I, and I got to, I've got to tell you, Michelle, I'm watching this thing, and there are things that he does, mannerisms, and I, it's like, uh, it, I do. That. That's what I do. <laughs> I, which, which means uh, I'll, I'll probably have to have a conversation with my wife now. Some of that stuff has got to make other people crazy. Sure. You know, the you're, if you're not in my life, if you're not on my calendar. If, right. you know, it, it, it's the out of right. sight, out of so mind thing. I, I've got structure in here. I've got, yeah. we're, we're doing a 30 minute show today. And it's like, guys, come on. Um, <laughs> oh. I, I, I know, guess I, I'm the spontaneous one. <laughs> I, I, I mind map everything. Uh, and it, it gives, it's, it's my, what did you call it? Like, uh, I called it a bunkie last time. What did you, what do you call Oh, a transition, a transitional transition. object. Uh-huh. Yeah, er- everything Security is that. Mm-hmm. Everything is that to me, uh-huh. and so I turn everything into a transitional object. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Help somebody understand why, because I'm really creative, okay. and I think it's the structure that counterbalances me dipping off into other places. That's why uh-huh. I love the structure because it uh-huh. sucks me back in. Oh, it keeps you grounded. So help help a partner. Let's make them up. Help a partner understand. We're living together. We're, you know, we're in yeah. COVID, whatever we're in, transition, yeah. recovery, dependency, right. codependency. Right, right. Help right. them understand someone like me in, in the situation, the setting that you're talking about where we need structure, but I can be suffocating. Right. So it would be really important for the partners to have clear communication that somebody might need downtime, alone time, like a day, a whole eight to 10 to 12 hour day that has no structure. That just like, it's a day. So there's your calendar item for people like Scott, right? There's the day it's on the calendar, but it's blank. So we don't, fill it up with anything and we go with the wind that day, but we do it together. We decide each moment together. What would you like to do for breakfast? How, you know, how about a walk? I don't feel like a walk. Would you like to fly a kite today? Yeah. It looks like good weather. 
let's find, you know, so it allows for the spontaneous partner to have some freedom, okay. but it's, you know, it's at, at a certain time um, for the structured partner to know when that's happening. Or it might just be that the spontaneous partner needs to know they don't, you know, they have a weekend with no plans. Okay. Like that feels really good to the spontaneous person that needs a little alone time to uh, kind of regroup themselves. Um, I want to say some, some funny stuff on the chat, on the little chat, one of our um, attendees said in the COVID, I get, I get not going anywhere. So we bought a bigger house <laughs> and I did, I did have a, a, a male in a relationship said the secret to a good relationship is square feet. Meaning like, you know, when you, especially that I would say that the man that said that is probably an introvert and recharges his battery from time alone. Time yeah. alone is what allows the creativity to come in. And if I'm too structured, then I don't have time to be creative. Right? So let, 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 let's take a bit. I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I want to take a step back because I think one of the, the as I'm listening to both of us right now, I think one of the important questions that we need to ask is, how do I know if my partner is spontaneous or needs more structure? How do I know any of that? Yeah, oh, I love, we have a visitor. Um, so one of the easy things to do, and it's free, is go on 16personalities.com and take your Myers-Briggs. And on the Myers-Briggs, you'll usually come out a P for perceiver, which means that you're much more spontaneous and you like freedom and you feel tied down by to-do lists and overscheduling. Or you're a J, a judicious person who really does like making a list and checking it off and having things scheduled and having real structure. So that's an easy way to find it out. It's free. 16personalities.com. You can even look at each other's, if you're in a relationship with a roommate or a business partner or a romantic person, you can look at each other's personality and learn about each other's uh, positives or, or challenges with life. Um, also the Enneagram, if you were to take the Enneagram and find out um, which number you or your partner score on an Enneagram. I love that. I love that you're a type two with uh, one of our group members put that he is a type two with a three wing. Um, I'm a, I'm a three with a type uh, back, two wing. Back, back up, back, back up. So for those Enneagram people who, types. for those people who, for those people who, this is all Greek to them. It's all Greek. Of, down and dirty, Michelle, what is it yes. and how do you use it? So the, the person at Myers-Briggs personality inventory tells you your strengths and your challenges that you need to work on. The Enneagram does the same thing. You can search for free Enneagram test and that's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. It's all about your growth aspects. So these are all personal growth tests that you can usually find online and they have substantially more research behind them than something like uh, even though we've had a guest on a few weeks ago talking about shamanic astrology, they have a lot more research behind them. Mm -hmm. uh, the Myers-Briggs was started back during World War II, I believe, to help people find career satisfaction using personality type. So that being said, that would be an easy way to figure out if you're spontane more spontaneous leaning or more structured leaning. But you can also figure that out pretty easily. Do you make a checklist do you love having your calendar scheduled or does it feel better to have it wide open? 
you know, if you're a wide open person, you probably are spontaneous. If you like it scheduled, you're probably more structured. Um, if you feel good when you have a to-do list, checking it off, great. If you, found, if you find yourself loving a deadline because it helps you get things done, you're probably more structured. If you tend to feel like deadlines box you in, you're probably more spontaneous. So those are some quick tips on that. So, so what, what if, what, with your people, <laughs> I guess what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is too much structure. You smother each other. Yes. Too spontaneous and Nothing nobody knows what the yeah. hell they're doing. No, <laughs> no, do it's like two comments circuit circling around each other, two spinning wheels. Yes. So what are the, what are the, from your, your perspective, um, in, in working with folks for so long, Let's talk about the pros and cons this week, pros and cons of a structured relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. and structure. And next week we can talk about the pros and cons of spontaneity. But right now, sure. what would you say the, the benefits and the weaknesses are of having structure? Uh, the benefits would be you have clear goals and objectives. You move in the same direction and are pretty aware of what your mission and purpose is as a relationship or company, right? You have objectives that you get done. You usually have smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, time-oriented goals. I want metrics, damn it. <laughs> you probably have a very organized checkbook that's balanced every month. <laughs> every week, every and, Sunday, every Sunday it gets balanced. You see your financial planner on a regular basis. You probably file your taxes on time. Uh, the chores get done on a regular basis. Everybody knows who's doing which chores. Uh, there's conversation about you know the priorities and reprioritize it. It's a very organized, typically uh, relationship, a structured relationship. So, the negative would be that some people would find that suffocating, boring, uh, sucks the romance out of the relationship. Where's the time for the romance? If I have to structure sex or schedule sex, how, where, you know, where's the love and passion in, in that? Um, but I'm telling you right now, if you have two plus children, you better schedule sex. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of spontaneity, spontaneity room in that. But and aside from that, you know, like if, if uh, sex is scheduled, you know, every Wednesday night, like Taco Tuesday, Wednesday night is sex, that's going to get really boring for a person that is, um, spontaneous it's not going to feel romantic it's you know and again if if you've got a female male relationship which that's very heteronormative i get it but um but females tend to learn about relationships from um from romantic comedies and there can be all this oh well you know there where's the signs and you know he's is he the one and is she the one and you know that can get very challenging um, let's, let's take a step back with that because you've mentioned this a few times mm -hmm. where you where you've said and I've said it at the beginning but but for those who are just joining us where you, you have opined that men learn their about the, sex, the, about through, sex porn. through porn That's and what I hear a lot mm -hmm. and and women learn from romantic romantic comedy comedies explain yeah. that explain that for somebody who, who doesn't understand that shorthand okay well, if you went to a school where they talked about the birds and the bees, you might have gotten some of the logistics about sex down, right? So that's a big if. 
but the logistics about sex don't address the heart of what happens when you're intimate with somebody. They don't address the body and how to make, you know, you might learn how to put a condom on a banana in high school or sex ed, but do you learn about what, what feels good to a different person's body? And, and to make assumptions about that is not helpful. You know, some people, um, and then, so what I find is there's a performance stuff that goes on with, with men that they must perform in a certain way. And aside from learning it from your colleague, you're like at school on the playground, <laughs> then you turn to porn because it's, private you can learn about sex that way but that's so objectifying of of so many women unless you're looking at maybe soft porn or a little more kind of you know a little little more story going on um so that's a challenge because if you're treating your partner like she's a porn star sometimes she may like it and other times she may feel uh, very objectified and that there's not enough tenderness and there's not enough, per again, talk about structure versus, oh gosh, we're getting into our sex episode already. But that's what I mean. Okay, it all blends together. Comedy, <laughs> and in a romantic comedy, it's a lot of like, boy chases girl, girl chases girl, whatever, whatever it is. And then there's, you know, these, <laughs> I'm putting my hand to my forehead. There's this, you know, swooning that happens and swelling of music and they fall in love and the movie ends and it's happily ever after and nobody tells you what happens after right and there's a lot to be done after like the easy part is the falling in love part staying in love is not the easy part so are you suggesting that that a solid relationship is work i would say it's 90 percent easy and 10 percent work and here's what I mean by that. Yes, it's work, but it should feel easy and comfortable and something you're excited about 90% of the time. And 10% of the time, whew, it might be a little rough, right? But if the percentage gets way far off from that, it's time to get some professional help. Um, meaning like people will say to you, oh, all relationships take work and they're such hard work. I don't think they should be hard work. If they're hard work, you may not be matched. You may not be well-matched or something's gotten in the way of your relationship. So 90% easy work, like it feels natural to you. It feels you're able to negotiate. You're able to talk. It, it feels like something you want to be doing. It doesn't feel like drudgery. And 10% of the time, it may be really challenging and feel more like, you know, chores, cleaning the oven. You know, <laughs> right? If, if you're swiffering through your relationship 90% of the time, you're probably pretty good. But if you are down on your knees scrubbing the dirt off the floor 90% of the time, you might need some professional intervention. Does that make sense? It, it does, which, which kind of begs the, which, <laughs> it begs the question for me of, have you ever... And I'm going to ask a personal question here. Have you either ever been in or been involved with a couple yeah. where they never fight? There are no problems. Everything is straight out of the movies. It is like it's a romantic, it's a romantic comedy. Everything is all a call. You know, we're, this is a very raw show. It's all shits and giggles. It's just yeah. fun. It's cool. Does that exist? I would say that I took a, 
I, it doesn't usually come into my practice, right? Because why see a marriage and family therapist when, <laughs> when that's your relationship? But in my personal relationship, I started to look at without naming without naming names without naming names. I started taking a look at the couples in my life who have been long-term relationships. And of the couples in my life now, they would, I think almost all of them describe it as 90% easy work and 10% hard work. So shits and giggles and like nothing. No, of course, because they're going to go through difficulties. They're going to have financial issues. They're going to have children. They're going to have deaths in their life. They're going to have illness in their life. So they have to deal with stuff together, okay. the challenges of life, but they feel like they're on the same team and they feel like they're in it together. So there's the big one for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, I, and I say that because I do work a lot with folks who are in partnerships, both business and personal. And while I'm not doing marriage counseling, we certainly talk about connections and whatever. Yeah. I, I know what I do we talked a little bit about it last week. I know what I do when I'm working with folks. I know what I do in my own life to get to the point where it's like, you know, if you and I were a couple, Michelle, Michelle, bring it on. I'm not going anywhere. Yes. Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you as a therapist work yeah. with couples that so that they feel safe to work through the problems? Yeah. It, and uh, this week it's structure. So in a right. structured this way, in a structured way, it would be make sure you're having a date night, uh, once a week, make sure you're having that business meeting once a week to once a month. It would be establish some fair fighting rules. When we uh, need to talk through a problem, what are your deal breakers? And usually that's anything in the aggressive communication category. So no throwing things, no slamming things, no slamming doors, no calling names, um, no threatening to leave, you know, no abandoning the partner without saying that you need a timeout to cool yourself down, right? Um, uh, no physical violence, no yelling, no, no cussing. Like I might be mad and say, ah, shit, but I'm not going to say, fuck you. Right. That's and, abusive. And by the way, yeah. it, 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 you and I've chatted about this yeah. off, off air, but I, I yeah. do want to say this. If any of you listening or, or if you're in an abusive relationship, please, please, there are hotlines there are therapists. You do not have to be treated that way. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that you put up no. with with domestic abuse. That that's right. that's that's a deal breaker for Scott. So absolutely for um, Michelle too. And there's an 800 number that you can call. So I might as well tell you that. Yeah, sure. If you need support, uh, just talking to somebody, or you feel like you've been affected by abuse, or you have a friend going through it, call 800. 799-7233, or you can also text if you're in a place where you're unable to speak safely, you can log into thehotline.org or text the word love is all capitals all together to 866-331-9474. And I think Scott, you'll put that in our session notes for us. I will. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it, interesting. Yeah. It, I, I actually am looking at the chat room right now because Michelle is kind of taking the lead on this. And one of the listeners uh, is, has posted a, a fascinating question yeah. uh, that I didn't think about before. And that is what happens when you're in a relationship and the other person, your partner, uh, has some type of 
personality disorder or a psychological challenge, uh, whether it's something you knew already or uh, you just discovered it. Maybe it's developed through the quarantine that, that's taking place. It's been exacerbated right. Right. in any way, shape, or form. What do you, what do you, what can you add to that, Michelle? What, what do you do when suddenly, and, and I'll, I'm making this up, this wasn't the question, what happens when suddenly you've discovered, because you're home now 24 hours with, with each other, mm-hmm. that, that they're a narcissist? Right, that's really rough. I, um, I would say do a little research and make sure you know that that's really what's happening. So one of my favorite books is... Um, If you think you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you might want to read The Wizard of Oz, Another Narcissist. It's a great book. And if you think maybe it's borderline personality disorder, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me, or Stop Walking on Eggshells, both good good resources. And then don't be afraid to get some professional help because many times when you're breakups are not smooth when you are trying to leave somebody that um, is suffering from a personality disorder, especially if it's undiagnosed, untreated, unrecognized, they're not getting help um, for their mental illness. Usually the relationships are very dramatic, very up and down, lots of threatening and and divorces are very uh, strung out. So it's not an easy process at all. So get support for yourself. There are support groups out there if you are, going through a breakup, separation, or divorce from somebody with a personality disorder gets support for you because the crazy making gaslighting that happens where um, it's all your fault and it's you and the self-esteem issues that you suffer when you're being thrown that can really make you feel like you've done something wrong and it's all your fault and you really should stay and work it out and you're going to need a good support system. So let's talk, let's talk about the support system here in in the the few minutes that we have left. I I think folks have heard me chat about before that one of my dreams for this broadcast was to create what I've always called is creating a safe place where the strong can go to be weak. And, you know, because of the types of people that I work with, uh, you know, very type A personalities all the way around. And to suggest to any of them in the past, go get some therapy, go get some counseling, go get some help, uh, would have, you know, they would have looked at me like I was a bug. It's, what are you talking about? I can can handle this myself. I don't need help. In the new world we're in, are you finding that online counseling is effective? Does this work? I mean, can you actually, in the type of setting we're in, one-on-one, obviously, or couples on one, Mm -hmm. But can, can you actually effectively work with somebody with relationship counseling? Absolutely. There, there's been some great research to compare telemedicine to face-to-face counseling, and they have shown it to be as effective. And here's one other piece. Without video, phone counseling one-on-one provides a sense of anonymity that, you know, oh, I don't have to worry about my hair and my makeup and what my face looks like. And there can be, just think about the stranger on the bus type of scenario, how easy it is to really be real and vulnerable with somebody when you don't have to worry about how they're reacting to you or their face or even you or how you look or watching, you know, oh, someone's going to see me cry. So even phone counseling without the video aspect has been shown to be as effective. And in some ways it can be more effective, um, for things like 
any shame issues or vulnerability or eating disorders or disfiguration that someone might be concerned with. So phone counseling, video counseling, very effective. Online support groups, you know, many people do not need counseling, but they can really benefit from joining a support group of like-minded lived experience people, people who've lived through what you're going through and have got, have survived it and come out the other side. Super now, helpful. How, how, how do you, um, I'm asking some very naive questions here. <laughs> I, so does no someone naive. just call, does someone just call you on the phone and say, Hey, do you do this over zoom? I mean, obviously okay. you're in Florida, you're in Florida now, your practice, uh -huh. Your practice was primarily based in LA. California. It still is. Uh -huh. So is, is everything being done this way? For me, I've decided to move my whole practice online or on phone, wow. um, at least for the foreseeable future until we have, um, it's just very difficult for me to think about cleaning out my waiting room and the other people that are coming in there and controlling the health of my building. It's not that type of a building setting. It's just an office building that I don't have regulations over. So for me personally, other people are using waivers and letting people decide to take the risk. I have quite a few people over 65, over 55, um, several healthcare people. So I'm seeing people who are working with COVID patients in the hospital, and then someone else is coming in my practice who maybe has an immunosuppressant medication that they're taking, or is in a, in a protected health group with uh, heart disease or something like that. So that's too much of a mix for me. All my all my practices online or, or on the phone now. So so I guess in, it, it's you know we've been going almost the whole time now, but I do want to end with one thing that popped into my head as you were chatting, mm -hmm. and that is, you know, I'm 62, mm -hmm. and there are times when I will go through the ups and downs. Still, there's still messes that I go through. Sure. Um, you know, it's. What's the, the song when you're going through hell, keep on going? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's Winston it, Churchill's thing, too. <laughs> you know, it, it, there, there's all that stuff. However, there's a part of me that, that does say, for God's sake, you're 62 years old. You should know better already. It's like, <laughs> oh, this, the should uh, monster. Are you shooting monster. on yourself again? <laughs> I am. And, and so, my, my, my question for you is, is really do relationship challenges? happen at any age or does it I mean are we talking like the in the 30s and the 40s are we talking about the empty yeah. nesters at yeah. the beginning can you know one of our our listeners mentioned the notebook um yeah. and i don't remember how old they were but Changes. but but they, they were, were they were they were seniors older than me and mm -hmm. you know can relationship challenges happen at any age at any age, right? Just like life happens at any age, health crises, oh, grief and loss, financial. But you, you know, remember rather than worrying or stressing about what hasn't happened yet, 80% of what we worry about doesn't happen. And in the 20% of time that it does happen, 70% of people report they handled it way better than they thought they could. So that's a lot of wasted energy if you're worried about something that hasn't happened. And just realize you have a strong, if you have a strong foundation behind you of self-care, stress management, health management, financial management, the more experience you have, the more, the more problems you've faced in your life, the more skill set you have, right? We learn from failure. We learn from solving problems. We learn from the challenges that we've faced, hopefully. 
Well, I think that's actually a good segue. We'll leave them with the little cliffhanger, no pun intended, okay. <laughs> uh, for, for, for next week, because not only has one of our listeners talked about uh, their significant other being diagnosed with MS at 26 and, and what a huge uh, challenge that became, right? Um, I can only imagine. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way for us to leave this episode. And then next week we can pick up with living with uncertainty. Now, what do you do? What, how does spontaneity play in not only for those folks in a relationship who need the spontaneity as their own means of creativity yeah. and their own means of, you know, that aha serendipitous workflow for lack of seeing now that's the structure in me coming out that workflow coming through uh but what happens when hell you get put into a lockdown what happens when there are protests what happens when ms is it's it's suddenly very real and the life that you thought that you were going to have doesn't exist um so you have to make a new one so i think that's a good way to do that uh, if that's okay with you michelle we'll leave it hanging with that yeah absolutely um, for those of you listening or on, on and with us, uh, obviously, shoot us emails uh, for questions next time, certainly for the two episodes that follow that, when we're going to be talking about intimacy and sex, and we're going to, uh, I'm assuming, be very candid about that and how to work through all of those issues, because after all, we are human beings and everybody has different appetites, tastes, and uh, I know from talking to Michelle, uh, I actually had my eyes, no pun intended, opened. And I was mentioning to her, if you haven't seen it, I'm not affiliated with the show, but uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop show, mm. G-O-O-P, in anticipation of uh, the, the discussions on physical closeness and intimacy, you might want to take a look at the Goop episode on female uh, physiology. The, the physicalness of it all. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, for those of us who are men, I, I, I'm 62. I learned things that I had didn't even realize Yay. I was doing. I was doing. So uh, with that, Michelle, anything you want to end with? Um, I will end with a metaphor. And that is <laughs> no matter what your relationship is, if you like it and you want it to keep going, think of it like a farm. It needs tending to, but hopefully you're growing crops that you're really passionate about, that you love in a means that you love it so that the work feels inspiring and not drudgery, but it needs tending to. So find ways to give it the sunlight it needs, the love it needs, the nurturing it needs. And with that, I'm going to leave with my little <laughs> metaphor. I have uh, become a gentleman farmer. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with that, folks, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember to subscribe, like, leave comments. Um, and until next time, thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Michelle appreciates it. And I will put the podcast up uh, for replay e either later today or tomorrow. Yeah, Peace. Thank you, everybody. Bye for now. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice. 
nor the formation of a lawyer-client nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.